Luego callao, no ando ladrando, una mala en calor es lo que yo ando buscando. Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. My name is Vero Ayati Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we are talking about Cosas Spooky, a.k.a. shit that scares us. <laughs> I was really happy that this year you were like, we should do a Halloween episode. Like, you didn't fight me. I feel like in the past you've kind of fought me on it. And then you came up with the, like hook so look at that i feel like it's tradition at this point it is it is yeah i like this take on our halloween episode um and we're starting with your pick why don't you tell us about it my pick is related to my fear of extremely terrible apologies <laughs> <laughs> also Legit i just really fear wanted to talk about this day and age <laughs> yeah it is uh, i i feel uh anyway um, this song and video has been mired in controversy. It's recently been taken down. We're going to talk about it. Let's take a listen to it again. This is Perra by J Balvin and Tokicha. He took like a really long time, which, you know what? I feel like people should take the time they need to do it well, but then he didn't do it well. Oh, to for the apology. Yeah. 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 So here's, so let's give you all a round down in case you all yeah. haven't been following. If you're, uh, if you're on our newsletter, we've been sort of tracking it there as well. But Perra is a song by J Balvin and Tokicha. Um, a huge, huge moment for Toki because, you know, she's been like, on the underground scene for a couple of years now and now is having all these huge collaborations with mainstream artists like Rosalia and J Balvin. Um, the song is like very sexual. It's very like, you know, it's very toquicha. You know what I mean? She's mm -hmm. very like sexual, very open, very queer, etc. Right. Or, you know, like talking about queer sex, etc. Yeah. So um, it's very on brand there. And the video is also you know, very sexual and very similar in that way. But there's been the, there were these like really weird, gross, terrible scenes where Jay Balvin has two women on a leash. Like people are like, you know, these women are dressed as dogs and that's, you know, fine. Right. Like that can be like a kink thing that can be like, mm -hmm. you know, like the artistic concept of the video, whatever the song is called Perra. But 
there is one particular scene where there are these two women who are black women. They're dressed as dogs. And Jay Balvin is like towering above them, holding them on leashes. Mm -hmm. And it's just like Mm -hmm. a pretty shit fucking visual. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Like, it's just like the wrong motherfucking choice for, uh, you know, white Colombian man who is profiting off of black music you know what i mean it's just not the motherfucking look no Um, i don't know how how did that get past everybody you know how did nobody be like fucks me up that how how many people signed up on that yeah how many people saw this and didn't think you know maybe not Ugh, it's really that's i think what's upsetting to me is the number of people involved the number of people standing on that set watching that scene happen and like there can be some fucked up power dynamics where people feel like they can't speak up and then the race dynamics of it and you know um so but god damn it how many people and then how many people sat on it for what like a week or two before it got taken down a while a while and i mean it's like it's complicated because you know like Tokisha I think identifies as black and mm-hmm. you know like it's it's not like you know like she obviously appro- or her people approve the video. Right. Um, I don't know what happened there, but like and and it does suck for her that like this one big moment that she's yeah. having like is yeah. being marred by this shitty thing. Yeah. Um, and but the but then so there was all this like outcry on the internet and you know a, about this like really shitty gross racial dynamics that sort of are a microcosm and mimic larger race dynamics that largely go unag- unaddressed in el movimiento and then the video just gets taken down like yeah. not a word not a peep no statement from anybody it's just gone yeah and that felt extremely shitty also because the thing is that i had no idea why it was being taken down like did it get taken down because it was racist Mm. or did it get taken down because there was also part of the outcry was this like sort of like a moral panic anti-sex outcry because it was a very sexual video and this is also part of like what Dokicha has been mired in largely, right? Like in the Dominican Republic. And now that she's a larger star across Latin America or her star is rising, like there's a lot of pearl clutching that's happening about her sex, her sexuality, her openness with it. And I was like, did this get taken down because it's racist or did this get taken down because it's sexual? Because the sexual mm-hmm. piece, like I'm with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like people might be down for whatever the fuck, you know, but like, but I think that that's I, yeah. the part that, like, I really hated not, like, that it was just taken down with, like, no explanation. And I was like, why was it taken it down? Like, did you, are you recognizing that this is racist? Are you recognizing this is misogynist? And then this, you know, like, statement finally came from, uh, from J Balvin and his stories a couple days ago. And, you know, we're recording on Tuesday. I think it came out on Sunday. Or it's mm-hmm. Monday, actually. But, um... And it was just like a pretty shitty apology. Mm-hmm. It was it was really lacking because he didn't and, he didn't like own the he didn't own the impact. He owned like if you felt if you felt offended, I'm sorry. Not like I'm sorry for offending you. Like it was he needed some passive. He needed some active voice in there. Like it was very passive voice. Like right, it was just not it was not good. Right, 
And he was like, he did name communities. He's like, you know, like, I'm sorry black to women yeah. and black communities, mm-hmm. you know, that felt offended. And I was like, yeah. you don't feel sorry. You don't say you're sorry to people who feel offended. Like you say you apologize for your action. Like also, like, mm-hmm. what did you do? Name what you did. Like that mm-hmm. was racist. Mm-hmm. Like you did something racist and I'm sorry for it. Not like mm-hmm. I'm sorry to those who were offended. Like that's just mm-hmm. like. I feel like that could be a side hustle for me. Like artists <laughs> get in touch, pay me to write your apologies because you're fucking right. Up. Right. What, like, like what's with their PR people? Like they're like, let's apologize, but not admit we did anything wrong. I'm like, that's not going to fly with people. I just don't know how many times people need to do this to, um, do better. I don't know, but it's, it's just like, it's disappointing and it sucks. And, um, you know, we can include there. There were some, you know, like some. There was a statement like today, like from Tokicha's camp. There was a Rolling Stone article that, like, where they got in touch with her camp, and you know, they're like, you know, the direct, the artistic direction of the video was never about that. But you know, we get that you know people see things in different ways once it's out and the art gets out of your hands, whatever. It was sort of like also not excellent, but I don't. I really like. I don't think that it's necessarily on her team, you know, I think that it would have been really different. Like it's, I think that it's very, like the racial dynamics are really different for her than they are for him. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting that they came out with something. So here's, here's my case for saying that it's about the racism and not the sexual nature is because there's so many other intensely sexual and even very kinky leaning like reggae like think about pony you know like the daddy yankee song like the visuals in that video are very very sexual and very kinky and like it didn't get taken down so i i want to believe that this is about race you know um yeah but are the lyrics quite as explicit and coming from a woman here's the thing men are given a lot of latitude to be explicit with our sexuality women aren't right Women aren't. And when women are being explicit and women are being like, I'm a sexual being, I'm open, you can't control me. That's when we start to see problems. Yeah. It's never been unprofitable for men to sexualize and objectify women. Right. But it's complicated. Yeah. Because the scene that we're talking about is about him objectifying these women, not her. You know? Correct. 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 So So, if uh, she had been the one in his position, you know, it would be a whole different story. A whole different story. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, it's just sort of messy and unfortunate for Tokicha. And, like, it's just a whole messy process. And I think that it's a microcosm of really, like, all the other terrible shit that's happening in El Movimiento. You know what I mean? And it's, I feel like it's all this stuff that hasn't, the racial stuff that hasn't been dealt with um, explicitly that, like, a lot of people like you know people like us people like you know music journalists mm-hmm. that we've had on this show like you know like historians like gata you know f- all sorts of folks have been like demanding a reckoning around racial dynamics and sort of demanding like a little bit more of a nuanced conversation than what's been happening which is yeah. just like everybody gets to do whatever the fuck they want and we don't talk about the fact that it's all like light-skinned and white people at the top of the game mm-hmm. um and um, and I think that we're like, I don't know, maybe like coming to a moment of reckoning and it sucks that like Tokicha is being caught in it. Yeah. But um, it's it's an it's I'm interested in seeing like what this will mean for the future. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Sometimes these things like just blow over and things 
don't change very much. Like this might be a moment of reckoning for Jay Balvin where, you know, he's really forced to think like, I mean, I think like to some degree, he's like sort of a reflective guy to some degree. He's also sort of a douche canoe. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> douche canoe. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like loud, which we, we've mentioned, I think before on the show, the podcast um, put out by Spotify that Evie queen is the host of and like amazing folks that we know are, have been involved in. Um, mm-hmm. does a good job of reckoning with the race. The Amazing issues around job. Race. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like hoping that that will also like have an impact, you know, a seminal impact because if it gets the audience that it should get, you know, a lot more people are going to understand the real legacy and the real roots and the real like dynamics at play in, in reggaeton when it comes to race. So I'm like, yeah, hopeful yeah, for sure. That, that also is requires is requiring some real attention to this in a new way. Yeah. Yeah, legit. All right. Well, good. I'm, I'm also really afraid of the terrible apologies. So it's a good. Yeah. I mean, the other thing <laughs> is that like we're all capable of harming people. And yeah, I like I've always, you know, like I don't we've talked about on this show a lot that, you know, I don't believe in throwing people away. But I do believe that part of, uh, you know, not disposing of people requires real real accountability yeah. right and yeah. like we're all capable of harming people like we mm-hmm. all like yeah. are have harmed people in the past right mm-hmm. um to different degrees right and i think that i it's very important for me to be a person who's accountable for the harm that i commit so terrible mm-hmm. apologies very scared always want to be on top yeah. of my apology game and yeah. If y'all have never looked up like what consists of a good apology, just go to the Google machine. There's so many resources. <laughs> if you've ever wanted yeah. to apologize to somebody, like just go just even if you yeah. don't have an apology in you right now, go to the Google machine, look it up, <laughs> be like, this is what it takes. It takes taking some accountability. It takes figuring out how to make an amend. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. there's some steps that really make it meaningful. So mm-hmm. yeah, highly recommend. And I feel like one of the main things, which is why I don't fault people for taking time to apologize, is like you have to deal with whatever shit is coming up in you emotionally before you can do a good apology. Like it's really difficult to apologize in the midst of defensiveness, in the midst of whatever you might be experiencing that makes it hard to like understand the other person's experience, even if your intent wasn't there and whatever. And so that's one of the things that I, um, I have learned that you really have to take care of whatever's coming up for you. And that's usually yours to take care of not with the person who's trying to get an apology from you. So, but yeah. you know, still do better. People should do better. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go in a different direction for the next couple of songs um, in terms of what we're afraid of. So let's take a listen to my pick, which is called Bajo la Tormenta. And it's by Sergio George's Salsa Giants. Let's take a listen. La cosa está mala, mala, que aseguro el que busca encuentra. Y si se cae el cielo...
right. One of my favorite things is salsa songs that are so upbeat, but are actually like talking about something really terrible. <laughs> which is, this is one of the prime examples because they're literally talking right. about like the sky falling and like a really bad storm, but they're like really upbeat, happy, singing about how you should just dance through it, essentially. <laughs> so what's the fear here? Um, well, I wanted to talk about my fear of thunderstorms, which is actually in the past tense. When I was a kid, I was really afraid of thunderstorms. And like, you know, Aww. I grew up in North Carolina. We would have pretty bad thunderstorms. And so I would like go sleep with my parents if I was, if there was Aww. a thunderstorm. Yeah, but I, I grew up with that. I that there were bad thunderstorms in North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, kind of like in D.C., like similar weather. You know, I think places that are sort of temperate and that have seasonal change, like it's it's cold and warm fronts coming together, right? That creates, it creates mm-hmm. thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of yeah. like, um, we, tornadoes are not very common, but yeah, like summer... Mm-hmm spring thunderstorms and stuff yeah summer yeah. thunderstorms so i yeah, am yeah. no longer afraid of thunder it does not scare me anymore but i've this is the second time where i've had a dog who's like terrified of them and so i feel like oh that creates anxiety in me because i'm like oh no my th- this dog my dog now is less like less terrified my old dog mona would like literally be like shaking and hiding in the closet Pobrecita, Monita. She I was such know. an anxious little baby. She's pup. an anxious baby, yeah. and she's still around, but she's just not. I don't care for her anymore. She's with um, my ex partner, and actually, right now, ironically, it's it's storming, and so Chuchi is hiding under the couch somewhere. Oh, she's hiding pobrecita. under the couch. I know. So it's not a fear that I have, but it's a fear that uh, anymore. But I I had it as a child, yeah, for sure. Thunderstorms were. I mean, it's scary. I kind of get why the dogs are scared. It's loud. There's big, there's big flashes of light. Like, you know, it's a scary thing. Yeah, well, especially if you don't have like you know particularly a clear cognitive abilities to figure out what the fuck is happening. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're just like yeah. a dog, and it's like loud and right. It's weird. Like thunders- <laughs> it's like fireworks too. Like, of course you're scared of fireworks. Yeah, it sounds like bombs going off. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I actually really hate fireworks too because it. I. It feels mm. like. Especially in D.C. D.C. has, like, terrible... Fi- it's, like, one of the most intense... I think comparable to Brooklyn, but, like, just a really intense firework culture. I think yeah, being the nation's yeah. capital and all that bullshit. And so, um, yeah, wow. I hate... I hate... I get it. Fourth of July in D.C. But um, but what I do like about this... I mean, I like this song a lot. So it's not about... This is a song that I love. And, like, I remember hearing it as a, as a kid, for sure, when it was coming out. Um... But, you know, the moral of it is kind of like finding the best in every situation, you know. So, like, the, the sky is falling, but just keep dancing. Just keep dancing, you know. So, I think I can get behind that idea of, like, finding joy in every situation, even when there's a lot of um, crisis or disaster. I mean, I think that's kind of the name of the game in our lives now because we're dealing with kind of consistent climate catastrophe and political catastrophe and pandemics and, you know, the impacts of white supremacist violence, like, but there still has to be joy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's right. I I love salsa. I feel like sometimes I listen to salsa and I'm like, damn, these voices. Like people mm-hmm. are, these people are great fucking yeah. singers. And so Sergio George was a new name for me, but he um, has actually been involved in a lot of like the salsa that we love as a producer. And then he actually, I'm not even just salsa, but um, a lot of salsa. And then he's, you know, he's in this song. He's also an instrumentalist. Um, And then he started a record label and he actually signed Prince Royce, which was an amazing decision. Um, And also La India. (laughs) So, so this is another one of the situations where the producer, you know, you don't necessarily know the names of the more the behind the scenes people, but so this album Mm -hmm 
was an album he put together. It was like a collaboration album with all these big salsa names. And so it was a big nice. hit, of course. It was like 2014, I think. It's actually newer than. So I didn't grow up with this. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I was happy to stumble across this and have a reason to talk about it. So, so I imagine you were not afraid of thunderstorms. I'm not afraid of thunderstorms, and I don't think I ever was. Yeah. That's but fair. I am afraid of the climate apocalypse. Yeah. Well, you're, <laughs> the next two songs are in of that our vein. Songs <laughs> are about the climate apocalypse because I think it's you know maybe like a rather universal fear. Actually, mm-hmm. not universal enough because nobody's doing anything about it. But <laughs> well, maybe not nobody. <laughs> not nobody. Not nobody. Just the people with the most power to do something about it. Hmm. But um. The next song that I want to talk about is called Aguas Frias. And it's sort of only about <laughs> climate apocalypse in the sense that it's the title. You know, I want yeah, to talk about yeah. this song. It's by Lalo Negro. He has a new album out and we love him. So let's take a listen. Like I said, I chose a song basically just for the t- song title and, you know, climate apocalypse is such a, um, I don't know, I think pervasive and uh, universal thing. At least it's something I think about a lot, especially because it's really, um, you know, it's been happening for a long time. I think the really devastating thing about cl- climate apocalypse is that it's hitting places that had nothing to do with creating this problem the worst so places in the global Mm. south places near the equator um little islands in the pacific islands that are you know just disappearing (laughs) um and that's really sad and but it's like you know it's like really starting to have impacts like in the united states and like on an everyday basis like today and i was like i don't know under the impression that i was gonna be dead (laughs) when this shit started to happen mm. so uh, it sucks um i and i you know like i'm thinking about like fucking kirsten cinema who i don't know what the fuck her end game is but she's really wants to stop this like infrastructure bill from 
you know, quote unquote, costing so much money, but it's just like, bruh, like we need to do something about climate change like yesterday. So what are you trying to do? It's like, I don't know, man. It's it's really, really hard for me to deal with. It's very upsetting to me because I was like, if these people don't even care about their kids and it's like, if you don't care about their kids, like what the fuck, how can I convince you? Yeah. If you don't yeah. even give a fuck about your kids or your grandkids, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I feel like in a losing position. Yeah. It's hard to make sense about it. For sure. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, I try to stay optimistic through things like remembering that we have like reversed the ozone, the hole in the ozone layer, you know, like there have been yeah. moments where people have come That's together true. and solved a problem that we thought was going to be catastrophic and like, the hole in the ozone layer has been shrinking consistently over the last like number of decades and should be closed by like 2030 or something. So I'm like, it is possible. Um, okay. But I love that of... little bit of optimism. I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I also explicitly, I also follow like good news outlets. There's more of them now that are like legit. There used to be some that were like puppies and kittens, you know, and these uh, are actually uh-huh, like uh-huh. reported pieces. Um, and a lot of them are climate related about like, places in which good things are happening so um i try to look for that because it i think it's important to not just be doing yeah for sure you know i have a a piece of paper behind me that says hope is a discipline which is a Miriam. it really is which is a Miriam kava quote which is like really important um yeah because we if we can't even like visualize winning like how are we ever going to do it you know so that's not to say that like the problems we're facing aren't huge but but we we can't people are solving climate related problems like i also read like a really interesting piece of reporting about great white sharks in the New York times magazine this weekend. Um, and like the great white sharks have come back to Cape Cod because of coastal like restoration or like, um, preservation efforts around the seal population and overfishing. And like, Uh, so it's like, it's actually like a really amazing success of like policy from the seventies that allowed the great white shark population to re to really boom in Cape Cod, but it has had an impact on the people there because it means that shark attacks are more likely and still extremely rare, but like more of them have happened in the last 10 years than it happened in the previous 50, but it's actually a good, it's a good thing in some ways in in terms. So anyway, it's, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. Like you do one thing and it, it it has an impact, you Mm -hmm. know, but, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, there are lots of success stories out there, but they're, the bigger picture does feel very, um, scary. Also, it's not really spooking me a little bit less. (laughs) We're very spooked still. And the, (laughs) but the fear isn't really cold water. It's more hot water, right? (laughs) Well, like rising sea temperatures. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, I was, I was thinking about like water, you know, and I'd worry yeah. a lot about water because I live on a coastal city, you know, which mm-hmm. is like devastating because water in general and the sea specifically is very, very important to me and my well-being. Yeah. yeah. I feel like in moments where I haven't lived next to large bodies of water, I have like really suffered in a yeah. way that's I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it's true. Um yeah. <laughs> And so it's just, it's really unsettling. But this song is, is very beautiful. Um, and the lyrics are sort of like devastating in a different way, right? They're just like this really like casually devastating lyrics that are very on point for Lalo Negro mm-hmm. um, that are, I think I'm interpreting them as like forgetting things or losing things from like an old love, right? And somebody that you used to know really well, which is like a really weird and sad experience, even if you like are totally sure that, you know, 
moving on from a relationship was the right decision, right? Like to like forget or like not know anything about somebody that like you used to know everything about. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to me, that's how I'm interpreting this song, which is like such a weird and distinct phenomenon. And I, I think... You know, Roberto has this way with feeling that's so gutting, and I oh, love no. him for it. I think it it's, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, he's definitely on team feelings. Yeah, I think I think he is. So, <laughs> check out his yeah. album. It's called Far In. It's so good. It's so beautiful. It's you know everything you might come to expect from El Lado Negro. Um, I'm really, I'm really into it. It came out last week. Beautiful. All right. Tell well, my me next about song? your yeah. climate. Apocalypse very similar um also about water so it's called hasta que se seque el malecón and it's by jacob forever Seguir siendo yeco en limontal hasta que se saque el maleco. I know. We brought it. I feel like we brought it. I brought it years ago, maybe when it was first out. Yeah. And now, yeah, yeah, it feels like a classic. Maybe also in a climate catastrophe context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think he's using it as a metaphor, like until the cows come home, you know, like this. The yeah. Like it's like, this is never going to happen. It's never going like, to happen. So yeah, I'm going to exactly. love you forever. Right? Exactly. Right. That's the idea of it. But you're like, what um, if it does dry up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which actually would be like a whole nother kind of climate catastrophe they can't imagine. Cause really what's going to happen is the Malacona is going to get swallowed into the sea, you know, like because yeah. of rising sea levels, you know? So I'm like, well, maybe something wild will happen. And because the Malacon, you know, for people that know, it's like the seawall, it's like dates back to colonial times. It's a very iconic part of Havana. It's like the place where people hang out. It, it's just like, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place um, in some ways. And, um, and yeah, the, the, you know, rising sea levels means that, you know, Havana will be underwater, but, who knows maybe there's some sort of wild Ooh. phenomenon that we can't even imagine that would allow for the malecon to stop touching water at all it would have to be like a sinkhole or something i don't even know i understand Ooh, how oceans no. work so this is really me taking this in it's kind of like what you said i'm taking it in a direction that it was not intended to be taken but that's the liberty that we have of doing this show <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we just talk about things we in the context what we want exactly <laughs> um so uh, but it's a great song. I've I liked it since it came out. It's uh, it's a classic, and Jacob Forever is like 
part of the like cubaton sort of movement of you know cuban artists in cuba making reggaeton um and yeah it's a classic so yeah i think my my strategy for trying to combat like feeling like existential dread around climate is to try and look for the solutions yeah to look where people are making progress to um Maybe I'll put some links in the show notes to some of the outlets that I subscribe to that do this, to th- that share this reporting, because I think it actually is helpful to have things in my feed that is good news. That's that's legitimate reporting. It's not like, you know, fluff right, stories. Right. So maybe I'll put some links in the show notes for y'all if you're interested in checking some of those out. Um, you know what? Actually, I won't put it in the show notes. I'll put it in our newsletter. So if you want to subscribe Ooh. to our newsletter... A um, which, incentive there for y'all. Yeah, a little incentive there. And it just makes more sense, I feel like, there than in our show notes. Because um, it's not like music stuff and whatever. Anyway, so join our newsletter. And on Friday, I'll send some links to the good news um, stuff that I follow. So, yeah, a little incentive to join our newsletter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my strategy. I can't really, you know, I mean, there's a lot to be upset about. I also, you know, care a lot about the small things. Um, I got to drive an electric vehicle the other day because my car was in the shop. Um, and it was like driving a cloud and now I'm like a little bit obsessed with like the next time I get a car, which (laughs) hopefully will be in like five years or something to get an electric vehicle that will have enough infrastructure to be able to do that. Um, that would be amazing. Outstanding. I know it's a small thing. That happens for you. It's a small drop in the bucket, you know, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Collectively. We, I think that we should each do what we can. And then also though, like, these giant corporations that are responsible for like 80% of all global pollution need to get it the fuck together. I know. I know. Which because means our governments need to get I it together. If I get a paper straw in a plastic cup one more time, I may burn something down. <laughs> what do you think about the plastic cups that have a lid that you can just sip from, like a sippy cup? I find that to have more integrity, but I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually enjoy it for some reason. I think I like the adult sippy cup, but it is pretty ridiculous. This, the, the focus on straws was such a strange, strange. It was just a such strange a campaign. strange, bizarre thing. It's like you mean to tell me that ExxonMobil is literally pumping all this oil into the sea and I'm chewing on a squishy paper straw in a plastic cup. <laughs> Well, and and I mean, even if we want to talk about single-use plastic, there's so much single-use plastic in our lives. I know. Why was that the focus? Like every time you go to the grocery store, how much plastic do you bring home that that gets thrown away because they can't recycle those kinds of plastic? It's also complicated and intense, but here we are. Yeah. You know, I hope that one day we'll get to a place where we can stop this mess, at least a little bit. I know. (laughs) You know. I know. My building, for some reason, doesn't have any recycling bins where I moved. And I, you know, I'm working on it. My landlord's, like, working on getting recycling bins. But I've been, like, collecting my recycling and taking it to, like, a friend's place and putting it in their recycling because I can't Aww. get myself to throw out recyclables, even though I know single-stream recycling is, like, a mess, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's amazing the lengths I will go to to avoid. And I also, like, keep compost in my freezer and take it to the farmer's market. <laughs> Wow, that's really the next level. I would I every know. time I walk by somebody with municipal compost, like in Park Slope or some shit, I'm mad that I don't have it. But do they I have it can't. in Park Slope? Yeah, yeah. God, in how some places in like the bougie areas of New York, there's municipal compost, but I do Ugh. not have municipal compost. That's nor so do I up. have room in my freezer for vegetable scraps that I'm not going to be using for compost that I'm yeah. not going to be using for anything else. You know? Yeah, your freezer is better stocked than mine. <laughs> <laughs> in Austin, we had municipal compost, and I got really 
I just got really into not throwing anything in the garbage. that's going to make the garbage smell bad, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. you could compost everything, dairy, eggs, meat, everything. So good. So good. So DC does not have that, but they do have free compost deposits at the farmer's market. So that's what I do. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like, I'm doing a lot of extra stuff to, mm-hmm. for a very small impact, but here we are. Yeah. Well, here we are. We act where we can. Yep. All right, so the last two songs go in a different direction. Why don't you start That's us right. off? My uh, my next song, my fear is compromising my freedom. <laughs> and this song is called Sorry Poppy, and it's by Bad Bunny featuring Abra. Hey, hey, la tierra tiembla cuando te muevas. Si por mí te doy de bien a jueves. Peligrosa como una Glock Ya casi no subo story, mucho menos TikTok Yo soy fan de ella, estoy pendiente de esto De estos su movimiento Ver a ese culo es un evento Ven, jodame los sentimientos Y te compro un apartamento Mándate conmigo en el Ferrari Que me sobra un asiento Tú vas a ser mía, lo presiento Aunque detrás tienes que tener 200 Te voy a tirar de 1500 Dime vos Dime qué tengo que hacer, ya mismo va a amanecer. A ti te doy hasta la clave de mi ser. Quiero comerte como ser, como te llamas. Nos podemos conocer, te juro ser un placer. Esos ojitos te lo hicieron a pincel. Otra como tú no vuelven a ser. Is this a new Bad Bunny? Yes, this is the new Bad Bunny. Um, well, not that new anymore. It's from his newest album. He's had several singles um, come out since then. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this song, I don't know if this is ever going to change for me, but I've been single for a couple years after being in like a wild, long relationship through my 20s and 30s. And I just have to say there's nothing like doing whatever the fuck I want all the time. I truly love it. So, um, you know, this sorry poppy situation is really speaks to me. It really spoke to me when the album came out. I mostly like felt really whatever about this album, but this song really spoke to me. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not to say that you don't get to do whatever you want in relationships either, right? Like, obviously, people stay in relationships because they want to stay in them, presumably, right? Best mm-hmm. case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I just, like, can't come up with, like, a single reason to give up having full control of, like, literally every aspect of my life. Maybe somebody will come and suit me off my feet, but nobody has been able to thus far. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there'll be a healthier version of it where they're not sweeping off your feet but you feel compelled to like open up your loosen your grip your tight control grip on your life to make room for something yeah else. <laughs> yeah yeah to bring somebody else in. loosen the vice grip <laughs> and let somebody else you know i don't know cook in your kitchen with you again <laughs> exactly yeah mm, who, who knows <laughs> But I think it's real. And I think, I mean, I think the dream is that you feel free and you can be in partnership, you know, that you don't feel. That like, is the dream. That is you know? the dream. I'm yeah. working on it in therapy, boo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. 
<laughs> what do you have for us? Next? So this is in the same vein, but it may be in a different direction. Um, so this is El Aire Que Respiro by Toby Love. Nunca te han dicho cuánto te han querido Y no sé si podrás hacerlo alguna vez Cada momento que en mis labios yo te tengo Se me eriza la piel y no puedo creer Que estés conmigo cuando empieza a amanecer Cada día, cada noche, cada mes Porque el tiempo se detiene ante tus pies So I think the fear here is like conflict heavy relationships <laughs> because Ooh. there's a line in this song that says, prefiero la guerra contigo que la paz sin ti. Ooh. And I just cannot endorse that. I just can't endorse no, it. No, I can't relate also. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I unfortunately. get super conflict heavy for me. I'm piecing out. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you stick through some shit, you know. Or yeah, I mean, to. I stick. I'm not like a bailer. No, you're but not. But it doesn't. I don't take a lot, you know. Yeah, I can't. But I think this it. is like this is such a fucked up romantic ideal, right? Like, yeah, it's like it the is. Opposite. A lot of people have it. Yeah, it's like the opposite of mejor sola que mal acompañada, right? It's like yeah, mejor. No, you know, a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people love. You know, it's. I, you know, like that's also a trauma response, you know, addicted to drama. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like not mm-hmm. like unless there's drama, you don't feel loved and that's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people, but I definitely can be a little like intense about trying to make something work, you know, and hoping that you can mm-hmm. get to the other, get to the other side of a conflict pattern and then have ease, you know? So that's yeah. more my thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. this song that's can be reasonable this song promotes like a real intense ideal, you know, I mean, el aire que respiro. I mean, it's, it's like mad codependent, you know, <laughs> 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 and to say that you'd rather fight with someone than have peace alone without them. Mm. Oh my God. Toby I love peace so bad. I, know. I love you, Toby love. And I know you're just making good lyrics, but we got to talk about <gasps> your relationship style. You know? <laughs> I need peace so yeah, so like bad. This is on my um, this is on my like love playlist or one of my like heart eye emoji playlists. But like really, if you listen to it, it's like ooh, you know. And this idea, <laughs> you know, and he says like you know before I was like really hurt, but now it's better because I'm with you. Like there's just it's it's just got codependency written all over it. So yeah, um, that's that's definitely like I'm not I'm not trying to live up to the to the corrupt ideals of bachata love songs <laughs> as much as I <laughs> bachata. <laughs> looking for some i would love some peace i would love some ease i would love 
um, all of that in the context of, of relationships. So yeah, man. I hope Toby love has peace in his life. Yeah, I mean, he probably didn't even write the song, and it it's <laughs> it sounds good, right? You know, it's a good. No, line it does. It does sound artistic... like you know, like in this really toxic love yeah. way. It does yeah. sound very like dramatic and uh huh, uh huh. You know, yeah. Ooh, um, but yeah, but it's yeah, a little man, too real. I'm more like. Have you ever heard like Whoopi Goldberg talk about why she's not married? She's I like, I don't want somebody this. in my house. Did I you mention mentioned that this recently? already on a, one of our episodes? Uh huh. Like yeah, a week or two ago. Yeah. Like, you're really I'm feeling like, it. Yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah, it's so different. It's such a different mode of being in the world, you know. But we need, you know, we need each other. I mean, you have you have deep, like, very close friendships too. So you're not oh, like my God. isolated in your very deep singleness, very deep. which I think. I feel like is something that's a real benefit of being queer. I was talking about this with a friend the other day who was like Huge. remarking that their partner um, who's also queer was like in a wed- a straight wedding of this friend. And they're like, I wouldn't, you know, like I'm surprised they asked me to be in their wedding. And it's like, y'all like queer, like straight people don't develop like chosen family bonds the way we do, you know? I know. And so like they, they might not have that many friends, like outside of their romantic relationship. Ooh, it's so sad. Yeah. And I, I really I, feel so fortunate to be queer because it's really like, yeah. I mean, obviously like there's a lot of queer people doing a lot of different things, but what I learned from my queer community is to like develop deep, deep chosen family bonds with people, regardless of whether they're like my intimate partners or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and like, it's just been a huge hallmark of my, you know, like understanding of myself politically and in the world. And so I feel very, very fortunate for that for sure. Yeah. Same, same. And I hope it's something that people can learn, like as like some of these more toxic ideals get uncovered, you know, about the primacy of romantic relationships, like how important it is to have friendships and, and have deep investment in friendships and, and whatnot. So yeah for sure all right y'all i hope you enjoyed our spooky episode (laughs) (laughs) you know we take it in in a somewhat free direction but yeah thanks so much for listening as always all of the songs that we mentioned are in uh, the show notes at rileymanea.com and yeah follow us on social media like we said sign up for our newsletter we're gonna have some things in there for you this week and thank you so 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 much for listening We're going to be off next week because I'm actually going to be at a retreat um, for the week. So we won't have a new episode the the following Friday, but the Friday after that, we'll be back. So take a look at our archive while we're gone. Hasta la próxima, babies. Bye. Eres una perra en calor que está buscando un perro para quedarte pegada. Let's go, let's go.